Hello and a big warm welcome to the 10th episode of On The Pod. I'm James Rutten, the usual host, and I'm joined by the full gang, Ellie Sanford. How you doing, man? I'm good, thanks, James. How are you, man? All good, thanks. And uh, Adam Clark, of course. How you doing, mate? I'm good, yeah. Glad, glad to be back and glad that we've got the full trio this time. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's glad to have you guys around, but one thing I'm not glad for is uh, Villa's recent form and the one Steve Bruce of late. This uh, episode will be focusing on Bruce as a whole and uh, the events currently surrounding Aston Villa. Ellis, what do you think so far? Uh, it's not looking too good, is it? I mean, this is episode 10 of the podcast and it feels like every time we come on, we're talking about how the new managers got on and every time it's been uninspiring. So, it's getting... Um, do you feel a bit more positive about it, about Bruce? No, no, not really. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, I've, you know, just la- last time we were out, we were talking about our predictions pre-season, and um, you know, we were saying that you and me had both gone top two, and that Ellis had gone a bit more realistic with with like eighth or tenth. Um, yeah. Well, we're down in fourteenth, uh, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem to be going the right way. Hmm. Well, uh, I've had a look at uh, Villa's form table, you know, the championship form table based on home and away games, and uh, it does seem that away games are the problem, and most of Villa's away games have been televised. So, you know, what you could say as a rule, if you're watching uh, Villa, well, don't watch them at all if they're on a TV and playing away, because it's, uh, it's going to be another heartbreaking loss at the depth. Ellis, did you manage to watch any of the last two games? Um, I caught all of the Forest game and the first half of Brentford, and... Both times we seem to start really well, then our heads would just drop and we just couldn't get it back. Yeah, I mean, uh, you had some comments to, uh, for one Sam Johnson, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. Like, I, I don't see what he brings to the team. And I can't remember who it was. It might have been um, Alex Carson who brought it up that we shouldn't be developing another team's goalkeeper. Like, why are we loaning a young player when it's not our problem? So I, I reckon we should just start Mark Bunn next game because he can't be any worse, to be honest. Exactly. I mean, uh, if Sam Johnson was our priority contracted to our club, I'd be more than happy to give him the minutes and the doldrums of the English Football League Championship. But uh, he is Man United and it does look like he'll be returning there. Jose Mourinho wants him to be the second choice, depending on what happens. And uh, after a few gaffes, it doesn't look like he'll be getting anywhere at United. So uh, it looks like he just nothing could have come of this anyway. Adam, have you caught any of Sam Johnson's performances, uh, whether it be Tottenham in the FA Cup last time out or? Mm, yeah, I've got to admit, last time, last time I caught a lot was uh, was the Tottenham match, and uh, he was, um, you know, actually, I think that was, wasn't yeah, I think mean, that was some, that was probably his his best performance so far. I mean, uh, you know. We had Pierre Luigi Gallini, and you know I, I personally don't think he should have been shipped off. But I will be fair and say, for the same reasons that I don't think Gallini should have been shipped off for a few uh, small mistakes as a young player, I don't think we should instantly rush to condemn with Johnston. But as you guys pointed out, Gallini is our player um, who we can develop, you know, for our, for our profit or for you know for our use. Whereas Johnston is is someone else's player. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with uh, Villa's performances in the last two uh, games, uh, especially, it does look like a lot of points have been lost at Johnson's hands. I mean, at the start of the season, we had a few gaps with Galini, but as you've, as we've said, he's our he's our guy. You know, we can develop him. Uh, Sam Johnson will just go back to a United team where he'll 
sit on the bench, right, Ellis? I tell you what, as well, it's a real, real shame that Jed Steer got injured because, you know, we're not going up. So we could have given him the chance to get minutes, see what he can do. But unfortunately, he picked up quite a big injury. So that took him out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. If there's a, ever a time for a Jed Steer to make a name for himself, it would be right about now when Villa's goalkeeping position is as shaky as ever. And, and we've had Brad Guzan, you know, in goal. So uh, I actually yeah. miss Brad uh, Guzan. It's it's really bad. It's come to this. It comes to something. Yeah, it comes to something when you miss uh, old Butterfingers Brad Guzan. But yeah, um, Villa's new signings, Henry Lansbury, Connor Horahan, uh, Berkey, Bjarnason and Scott Hogan. It seems a bit shaky, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, you expect a team to gel, but uh, they really collapsed against Brentford, against Nottingham Forest. It didn't seem much better either. A 17-year-old uh, prospect for Forest got the winning goal against Villa late on in a match that didn't look like it was going anywhere. Um, some of the fault, for me, lies at the hands of Jonathan Codger as well, despite bringing Villa into the game of a cracking, uh, cracking goal from a Grealish pass. He doesn't seem to be able to bring anyone else into play except himself. And I think this is something we've focused on a lot, is that he will always take the shot. And we saw 30, 40-yard efforts from him the other day. Is Kodja the future for Aston Villa? Is he you know, is he relevant? Is he going to do anything? Or is it a case of, oh, we've made a mistake. He's not going to fit into our system. Although he's going to score goals, is he going to get the best out of people like Scott Hogan, who we've invested a lot of money in? And do we have to ask that question now? Is it too early? I mean, in his defence, some of those 40-yard shots, there was nothing on. I mean, perhaps he maybe should have held that play, but he's been our most creative player at times because he's been our only creative player. So hopefully, once he gets used to playing with the midfielders and Scott Hogan, because obviously he's not had much time to play with them because he came back from AFCON. So once they click, and if they click, he is the answer. But if not, then maybe cash in in the summer. All right, let's focus on a little bit of tactics because Steve Bruce made a huge, huge, huge change um, the other night after uh, what looked like a 4-2-3-1 against uh, Brentford where Villa were hammered. Um, he switched with a 3-5-2, if I'm correct, with uh, wing-backs. Adam, I appreciate that you may not have seen much of uh, Bruce's 3-5-2, but are there any benefits to that formation you know, as a basic hole? Um... Switching to it in the middle of a season, anyway. There are look. There are things that that are, that can be good about that formation, especially if you want to pack the centre of the field and you want to maintain some width at the same time. And uh, you know, I imagine that having just signed, you know, a whole bevy of new stri- of uh, new midfielders, you know, maybe he thought that he it would be a good time to try and get as many of them in as possible while also maintaining uh, Jack Grealish uh, and maybe Albert Doma in the side at the same time. Um, but the pressure, of course, is what it does to your defenders, because um, your defenders suddenly have to adapt um, to being put in, you know, into a back three, which has a totally different dynamic uh, to being in a back. Uh, certainly, for the central pair has a totally different na- dynamic to being in the back two, um, and th- and that's quite difficult, especially considering that um, that Baker Chester combination in in the centre of the uh, field has been one of our few uh, positive points so far this season. Um, yes, Steve Bruce as well. Guys, it is looking worrying. Um, Ellis, I appreciate you'd have seen a bit more um, of the last two matches, except for, was it the uh, Brentford one where you missed, or was it the, the second half of the uh, Brentford one? Yes, yeah, second half of the Brentford one I missed. Um, well, you didn't you didn't miss much, mate, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> really, despite, you know, the qualities of the 3-5-2 formation that 
Bruce deployed. It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of difference between those two games. Um, Which like, Villa got hammered in one, and it's, it's still two losses, isn't it? Yeah, it's really uninspiring. But I mean, we've sacked so many managers, and this is a season where we're not going anywhere up or down. Touchwood. Um, so I reckon, given this season, given pre-season, see what you can do because. If you think about it, we've got players in our squad who've come in under like five different managers. There's not going to be a lot of unity when they're all from different eras. So give him time, I guess, because we tried not giving managers time and that hasn't really worked out either. Mm, well, we'll what, what do we think, Adam, is the most negative thing about Steve Bruce on a whole um, from every game you've seen going back to when he was hired in October? Is there anything that stands out to be the most negative for you? Um, I mean, partly it's, you know, we don't have any control of the ball anymore. Uh, and we don't, you know, we as so a lot of this has come out, I think, because um, Alex Carson on our site wrote uh, something about how our play has declined under Bruce. And there's some pretty shocking statistics there. We, we shoot less than we did under Di Matteo. We have less of the ball than we did under Di Matteo. Uh, we seem to be scoring less. Um, than we sometimes have done Dimitri. and and now we're not even getting the extra points that he was seeing us grind out um, so yeah it's really about the kind of lack of control that we seem to have over games It's worrying isn't it when you can have so much glaring issues be so consistent between two managers except one gets sacked for having more shots um, Bruce albeit has won us more points but there are some really worrying things about Villa now and we're seeing patterns emerge you know that go back to last season and we've had you know, three different, four different managers since then. We've Guard, Black, uh, Di Matteo and Bruce. And it seems to be the same issues constant, constantly over and over again. That Villa can't bounce back and they can't react to anything at all. They can't, you know, take charge of a match and defend and they can't attack. Uh, it's a real headache for Bruce, I guess. I mean, all the fault can't lie, lie with him. So we blame managers for far too much in these, in, you know, they there's no authoritarian manager as I say clubs for 10 years or so on and Wenger's going to be the last one so we've seen a move away from the managers this authoritarian figure but with Bruce it seems like he's got no real grasp on the side it seems like it's uh there's no structure you'd I'd have expected a bit more discipline from Bruce in that terms as a playing side it seems like there's absolutely no structure at all and Villa are so prone to collapse it's uh it's almost shocking. I mean, we'll go into our away form now, guys. Um, on the last four games away, we're uh, we're rock bottom. We've got no we've got no points from our last four away games. And if you want to go to our last eight, we've got we're we're we'd still be in the relegation zone with four points. We've got in the last eight away games, we've managed to pick up four points, which uh, is frankly not good enough. Considering we're unbeaten at home, I think that's one of the most impressive things Bruce has managed to build on our home form. Um, our away form's really letting us down when we could be pushing for a well, we could be pushing for a, a playoff place our away, away form is kind of dragging us towards that the look of that relegation battle you can feel the heat coming from that relegation battle this is a bit of a stupid question guys relegation it's not something Aston Villa have to worry about this season but are we going to find ourselves dragged into that at all um, well I mean you know we're about equidistant between the two um you know in fact we're a little bit closer to the relegation zone than we are to to the playoffs i think we'll probably be saved and the same thing that's stopping us from getting the playoffs will probably save us from being dragged into a relegation battle just that there are so many teams in the league uh that to get 
to either move up or to get dragged down, you have to have quite a spectacularly good or bad run, just because there are so many other teams around you doing the same thing. Um, but I said, like, I, what's more worrying, I think, at the moment is the type of teams that we're not beating and the type of teams that we're getting beaten by. You know, our record, it's not like we're only losing to the really quality sides in the championship at the moment. We're losing, you know, Nottingham Forest, we're losing to a side who are below us. Yeah, well, uh, to put it all in perspective, before we played Nottingham Forest the other day uh, on, on TV, uh, it was Forest who were being, uh, you know, wrote in for the drop. People are thinking, you know, Forest are going to struggle. Blackburn are surging up the table. They're getting points. It's Forest who are dropping. Forest are now equal on points with us, guys. So for me, that that's, sticks out as quite a worrying figure that Forest were, you know, being you know quoted for the drop. And now they're equal points with us after the space of one game. So in my mind, that makes us almost in that bottom half of the table, those guys, if we keep going, we're just going to keep falling and falling, especially when you consider that Cardiff is 17th and we lost to them. Wolves are 18th, we lost to them. And it's Forest just below us on 15th that um, we just lost to them. Um, Adam, you're right, we are losing serious, you know, serious points to uh, clubs far below us in the table. I mean, I think our home record is what's going to keep us up. Like, I don't think we're going to go down because, like uh, Adam said, you got to go on a really bad run of form and there's still a lot of teams worse off than us. But um, I think the Cardiff game sort of summed up the Steve Bruce re- regime to me in that it was dull, depressing, and we always seem to be on the back foot under Steve Bruce. It's... Uh... I expected a bit more. I'm not going. I'm not going to, you know, lie. I expected that's. This is the biggest club Steve Bruce has had. This is the best job he's had. But it seems all the same problems there with Sunderland, Wigan, even Birmingham. He seemed to never be able to actually push on. And it seems that he's already kind of plateauing at Aston Villa, even with the, you know the arsenal of players under him. Is he the man? It's a big question. Hmm. Depends how long term we're talking. Like short term, he has to be the man, but long term, he isn't the man. I think, yeah, I think it's so. It's it's a real shame that that, that future has become so clear because I don't think you know Steve Bruce isn't the guy who's going to fulfil Tony Shaw's plan, is he? He's not going to be the the five year Champions League guy. Um, so it's just I think it's just a case of Villa ticking over until you know someone comes loose like a David David Wagner or someone like that with a real who can implement a real philosophy. Um, with Steve Bruce, it seems neither here or there, and I think that's a shame. I, I, I do want him to succeed, and while we could still see that, it seems that Villa's form is, uh, you know, regressing to the mean, which is, you know, bad. Which is a, it's a, it's a shame. As I said, you wanted, you, you do want him to succeed, and not just because he's the Villa major, but because he's a, you know, that quote-unquote football guy. Like he's been around the game for years. He's not had his big chance, and now he's got his big chance, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting, you know, when, when Alex wrote his piece of the site, we got a lot of comments on Facebook, got a lot of interaction, and I, I'd say it was almost 50-50 between people saying, no, no, move him on already, or move him on if he doesn't if he doesn't turn it around in the next couple of games, and people saying that we've got to stick with him long term. I mean, I think from what we're seeing from Tony, from Tony Shah, it looks like he's beginning to adjust his own timelines, uh, you know, suddenly we're talking about a five to ten year project rather than a five year project, which suggests that Steve Bruce is probably safe. Um, I would suggest at least for the rest of the season, at least until the players that he that he's brought in have bedded in. But this is my concern, really, is that the Steve Bruce project is very much 
so this is you asked me earlier about what I find most frustrating about Steve Bruce and on the field it was lack of control but off the field it's the sense that he has to that it only works with his players and that it only that he has to overhaul the squad entirely and I worry that he will overhaul the squad entirely you know eventually we will probably squeeze our way up you know maybe via the playoffs you know maybe we'll go on a good run next season but then we'll find that we have to overhaul the squad again or, or Steve Bruce, either he demands that we overhaul the squad again or he walks away and says, well, you didn't give me the players to do it. You won't go up with that strong core that we've seen from other promoted sides. It's a really weird thing, this hiring of Steve Bruce. Um, I can kind of identify the reasons why he was hired, but with the money being pumped into Villa right now, you'd expect... I'd expected someone younger, someone who has an identified football education, someone who would want to implant that philosophy. And I understand why Steve Bruce is hired. He was that guy to, you know, that promotion expert. But I'm I'm struggling to identify the qualities that saw him get teams promoted. Um, There don't seem to be any of those, Adam. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like Our frame of perspective seems to have changed so radically. So we've gone from Steve Bruce is the promotion expert. He'll, you know, see us winning goals and uh, winning games and kind of gritty gets into the playoffs. And now suddenly it's, oh, Bruce is, you know, it's a long-term project. It's overhauling the squad. Well, that's not really what we were sold Bruce as. Um, you know, we were sold Bruce as, you know, he's a promotion specialist. He knows how to grind out wins. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel, Ellis? Um, I I just don't know. Um, do you think though it's a bit of a like one problem could be how we've switched from Di Matteo to Bruce, and you know they're both completely different managers with different styles. So do you think there could be an issue with you know trying to completely change the mindset in too short a time? Now you've got a whole different squad as well. Just no gelling yet. Do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, we obviously we're talking. You know, he's we've only had a couple of season, uh, a couple of games with this whole new midfield that we brought. We know we bought a whole, and and we were all yelling that we needed that midfield. I don't think there's anything wrong with making those transfers. Maybe would have liked to see them bedded in. You know, maybe one by one rather than all sent in at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also quite annoyed about the flux of players that have gone out. So now Galini's gone, Ayu's gone, McCormack's gone, Shibler's gone. You know, those really like the, some of those felt like players who were who were doing valuable things for us, especially Ayu. Um, for me, is the one that really well, Ayu and Galini, both of those two, uh, are ones that really. I don't know. They they just seem like worrying, uh, a worrying thing in which it seems like if this Steve Bruce thing does go disastrously wrong, great. And then it's another new manager. And then it's another <laughs> whole bunch of signings. Um, you know, how long does Tony Gia keep ploughing money into the squad? That's... It seems like the only thing permanent about Aston Villa is the stadium, which is worrying. <laughs> <laughs> that and Alan Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> his contract expires at the end of this uh, season. I'd, Thank God I, I'd give him a new one. I like Alan Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a turnaround. Oh, nah, I've always liked Alan Hutton. Right, I mean, really? He, he, he's a hard worker. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not very good. But, I mean, you do need a couple oh. of players who are there working hard when, like, the others sort of look really disinterested. Which is also kind of why I like Ashley Westwood. 
So I'm kind of sad he's gone as well, which I'm sure Hutton's will be a controversial hard one. Hard work has never. I have never seen Hutton's hard work result in a goal. I have never seen Hutton's hard work result in us winning a game. I have only ever seen Hutton's hard work result in some fans applauding him for making a useless run up the pitch, and then him probably being out of position in the next phase of play. So, talking about Steve Bruce's future, I mean, so what does success for this season look like? If I ha- Firstly, have we all accepted, do we now all feel the playoffs are pretty much out of reach? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to believe that. But... <laughs> I mean, I never really expected it because I'm a pessimist. So I'm, I'm kind of like top half of the table. If we can get into there, at least that shows a bit of progress and gives us something to build on next season, perhaps. I mean, I, I don't know. That that just seems, you know, considering that we've just gone out and bought, you know, another couple of sides' best players. You know, poor old Barnsley, <laughs> who we've absolutely <laughs> raided. Um, I mean, that seems it seems very pessimistic. You know, I'd hope we'd kind of at least be around the outskirts of those playoffs. You know, maybe just you know, if if a couple you need like that's the problem. You need like three or four teams to suffer a complete disaster. Um, but you know, we'd at least give it a go. But anyway, assuming that those players are so, what does success look like? Ellis, for you, it's top half. What about you? For you, James? Uh, not relegation. I'd say oh, it's a bit pessimistic. <laughs> but... This it does look like this season's in uh, total collapse mode at the moment, and that's not me being you know overly nihilistic about it. It's uh, also the sense of seeing patterns emerge, and the pattern that emerges is that Villa are far too easy to plan for, and they're quite weak mentally. And uh, I think we're the team that everyone would want to verse in the, the championship, to be honest. Okay, so we're not setting the bar very high for Steve at the moment. <laughs> We'd be happy with eleventh. Yeah, they're not going to get relegated, but it's just you don't want them to get dragged into that down that end of the table because you don't know what happens when you go that go down there. Okay, so then assuming that we do, okay, we get top half of the table, but we're not really around the playoffs. What do you do with Steve Bruce? Do you say thanks, but no thanks? You know, if there's a better manager, you you have a look around. If there's a younger, you know, maybe someone younger, maybe someone with more of a philosophy, you take him, or do you go, all right, let's you you've got it from the beginning now. Uh, I want to say bring in Gary Rower, but I think you've got to give Steve Bruce one more season because, you know, he started this thing. He's brought his players in, see what you can do with them. I know, you know, that's a big risk when you're not in the Premier League. You know, you're putting all your eggs in one basket in terms of manager and philosophy, but you got to see it through, I reckon. Yeah, I think uh, you give him until next January, really, and if nothing's... You'd expect there to be an improvement in performances by then, and that naturally. So for the you know Steve Bruce is halting that, then uh, he'll have to go. Mm. Okay, but so it's a twelve month a twelve month tryout for you guys now. Twelve to eighteen. I think he's earned it. I mean, mm. from a you know the pedigree he's got and the time he's given and the honesty that he's had most of the time, I think he's uh, earned that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I think we have to give him. You know, I'm as much as I'm not really fond of Steve Bruce, and I wish it was a different manager being given that that backing and that effort. You know, perhaps even whisper at Roberto Di Matteo deserved some of that backing. Uh, you know, deserved some of you know some of the funding he's he's been given. Um, yeah. We've got Steve Bruce. You know, let's let's give him that backing. You know, let's give them give him the support he needs and uh. I you know, hope that this can begin to turn around. 
Exactly. I mean, uh, it's a shame that Dimitar got set, but results weren't happening, and now it seems a bit weird that we're not doing the same with Bruce. But if that's the case, then I think we just have to uh, get back uh, and praise when you know praise is due and criticise when criticism is due. And at the moment, it is that the fact that criticism is due for Villa's performances. I mean, you do expect new signings to have time to gel in, but from what you saw against Forest and Brentford, is that they're they are incapable of playing football and that that's weird that these guys come from Barnsley, Nottingham Forest, you know, and then they're suddenly incapable because they're part of an Aston Villa side and you have to ask yourself, is our Villa cursed? Do all these players just come here to, you know, <laughs> their careers to fall apart? Right. And that can't be true. That has to change at some point and ideally it will be in the next few weeks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is this sure. as well, is that we kind of backed ourselves into a corner. Um, you know, Roberto Di Matteo was sacked because he wasn't getting the results even if we were you know, playing well, you know, Steve Bruce, <laughs> now we can't sack him even, even when he's not getting results and we're not playing well. But that, I, I think that's the, you know, the terrible logic of sacking managers is, uh, you know, at some point you just have to be inconsistent because uh, you've got to try and break that, break that cycle. Exactly. And uh, I don't think Aston Villa have much, you, you look at the fixtures and you can't really say there's an easy stretch now because this should have been it, you know, Forrester in, Know, complete collapse off the pitch with what their their failed takeover and being down the bottom half of the table. Now they've got a season defining result off us, and uh, so it's either now or never really for our season to improve. So next, every single game has to be a must win if you want those positive, you know, playoff places. So yeah. All right then. Any? Should we try try and end on a cheery note? Has anyone got any, you know, relieving positives to say that they've noticed in the last couple of matches? You know, or even if it's maybe just not Aston Villa. I don't even know. Um, I can't pick out massive positives. Maybe, uh, Bjarnason's work rate is more of a. He seems good, but uh, he just runs a lot. <laughs> I think I like to see people just run around a lot. And yet, uh, and yet you hate Alan Hatton. This is so hypocritical. Well, he's running <laughs> Whilst Bjarnason, and, you know, Icelandic international scored against Portugal. He's got a bit of a, a bit of a foundation where Alan Hutton has, has no foundation <laughs> for that work rate to, you know, multiply any skills. But um, yeah, I like seeing some of the work rate has been impressive from Villa's new players. Um, and I think once they slot in, they'll be good. It's just right now it's not it's not anywhere near good enough from anyone. Uh, I don't think there's one of the players on the pitch who you can say, hey, you're really good at the moment. I don't think any of them are hitting the bar that's expected of them. I probably feel that themselves as well. So I'd like to just say the part, some of the positives are that, you know, and one one big one is that Steve Bruce actually reacted to something and changed the formation entirely. And that's that's good to see, even if it doesn't work out because it's, you know, he's reacting to something instead of letting things happen like Di Matteo was. So yeah, one positive for me is that reactive change. Uh, what about you, Ellis? Anything positive? Um, we've signed a second Welsh player, so that's always nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we've made some exciting signings, like Hurahan's supposed to be really good, and the numbers don't lie. He's put in some great performances with Barnsley. So if he can do even two-thirds of what he's done at Barnsley at Villa, we'll be all right, I reckon. So there's hope. Alright, well, I'm going to take the uh, increasingly ludicrous explanations of Ross McCormack uh, about his gate as my positive uh, for the last <laughs> last little period, because uh, he he's come out and done a little bit 
of a you know an explanation where you know i think there was a, <laughs> a complaint that his fence is really quite tall it's not not fair to expect <laughs> him to be able to jump it he can do his ankle in uh and a suggestion an interesting offer, what I would offer, though, <laughs> oh go ahead is that people are saying what if his gates were locked shut but what if they were locked open and he had to just protect his property. Is that something that people have, you know, I thought, thought about? about I, <laughs> possibly, possibly. That's a good one though, because he can't leave his house like. I mean, I believe him. Like, it's an excuse that's so stupid it must be true. Like, I, I, I say fair enough to him. Like, yeah. I mean, my... and he, we went through the proper channels, didn't we? We found the like the the club doctor up and said it like that's what he was expecting. Well, my best facet of the whole thing so far is that. So there was the rumour that that Bruce had kind of jumped over his gates and had a shouting match with him at the door. And McCormack says this is not true. McCormack says what's actually happened is that he's been standing, you know, at his window trying to get signal on his phone. And apparently his house doesn't have great signal. And he's just seen Steve Bruce kind of pull up and have a look at his gate from a car. And, uh, and then Steve Bruce has just pulled away. <laughs> so it's, that's really bad. It's a kind of you know film, film scene in which you know there's just this Ross McCormack face at the window. He just sees Steve Bruce in the car and just ducks down the window. Okay, oh shit, he's seen me. <laughs> You've also got to think like in defence of Bruce that there have been four other times when Ross McCormack has missed mm. training, so. It isn't like we can sit here and just go, oh, Russell Corbett's in the right. In this occasion, maybe he was. There are four other times when he, he needed to show up to All I can say is I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the other four excuses. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, dog ate. Oh, you don't even know. Do you have homework for football training? My dog ate my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I expect oh, Gabby has homework for football training. <laughs> but yeah, guys, All I right. think... That's pretty much it, unless a uh, little one on Steve Bruce in recent form. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anything, any final thoughts? Mm, we've said it so often, <laughs> but maybe it can't get any worse this time. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, as we know, we think things with Villa, Adam, they can always get worse. Uh, anything else? I, I just need to get back to, um, hopefully, perhaps me coinciding with getting back to watching a few of the full matches, uh, and and that will help see us begin getting the wins. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah guys uh, I think that's it from me James Rushton and uh, from Ellis Sanford uh, it's Ellis on Twitter and it's underscore Ellis sorry <laughs> and Adam Clark at Adam Clarkers um, that's on the pod episode 10 thank you very much for listening we'll-